Turn in your Bibles, if you would, with me to Isaiah chapter 61. It is so good to have you within God's house this morning. Amen. We've had, this is our third Sunday morning service here at Lakeside. We're glad you're a part of the 10 o'clock service. Amen. What kind of a turkey day are you planning? How many, how many you're having Thanksgiving at your house this year? Lift up your hands. And we need to know who we're going to pray for this morning. Amen. How many are going somewhere else? You're going to somebody else's house. Sure. How many want to go to a restaurant? Okay, that's interesting. You know, just, okay, we got a few. Okay, I got a few. Saw that. Oh, got to pray for those poor wives, those poor mothers. Amen. 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 A preacher. A preacher needed some transportation in the Wild West days. Long before automobiles, he needed to buy a horse. And he bought a horse unlike any other horse because of being a preacher, being a man of God. He needed a horse of God. And so he sought, he went on Craigslist, he Googled, he went on eBay, and he found himself a born-again horse. And the, the owner of this born-again Christian horse said, now you just can't say giddy-up, and you just can't say, uh, you know, whoa with this horse, preacher. There are some specific instructions that I've got to give you with this born-again horse, this Christian horse. If you want this horse to get going, to really gallop, you've got to say, thank God. Say that with me. Thank No, say it like a preacher. Thank God. Yes, now we're going, yeah. And if you want this horse to stop, you have to say, Amen. I didn't tell you to say that. <laughs> and the preacher said, I think I got it. And uh, he got on the horse, and the first thing, now, if you've heard this a zillion times before from pastor, just laugh along. The pastor would appreciate that. That's your Thanksgiving gift to pastor. But if you're, this is for the brand new folks. Uh, the, the first thing the preacher did when he got on the horse was, giddy up! Horse didn't go anywhere. He's, oh yeah, thank God. And whoo, that horse took off on a gallop. It was just galloping away, and the, 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 the wind was blowing through his hair, and uh, he said, this is great. This is the fastest horse I've ever had. I should have bought a Christian horse, a born-again horse, a long time ago. And he's galloping across the meadow. He's going across the fields. He's going up the mountains and down the mountains. And wouldn't you know it? Oh, my, a cliff is coming up. What was that word? How do you stop this horse? Whoa, whoa, horse, whoa. The horse just kept galloping. Oh, I remember. Do you remember? Amen. And that horse came to a dead stop right on the edge of the cliff. And the old preacher said, thank God. <laughs> That's your Thanksgiving story you can share around the table, okay? That's free from pastor this morning. 
Amen. Thanksgiving. Hey, there's no Thanksgiving passage like the one we find in Isaiah 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. If we can get that on the screen, please. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim or sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release, think of it, release from darkness for the prisoners. I want you to remember that. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair or hopelessness. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. This morning we continue our series, Let Hope Arise. And I want you to notice that if you're going to allow hope to arise in your life at the heart of this passage, would you underline, would you highlight verse 3? Here, we're called to praise the Lord instead of a spirit of despair. Here, the Lord promises us joy instead of mourning. Here, the Lord promises beauty instead of what? Ashes. Are you enjoying the beauty God has destined for your life? You never will unless you shake off the ashes. This morning I share a word with you entitled, Shake Off the Ashes. Father, in the name of Jesus, grant us ears to hear, hearts to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to His church in this hour. In the name of Jesus, we pray this. Amen. Ashes. What are ashes as we look at them in the Bible? Ashes, mark it down if you're taking notes, ashes represent what's left over after something's been burned up. For ashes speak of the negatives. The negatives from our past. You know, we all deal with ashes from the past. Ashes like life's regrets. The would've, the could've, the should'ves. Losses, tragedies, hurts, offenses. They're all the ashes of our past. Our ashes also consist of our past mistakes, our failings, our sins. Do you have any mistakes from the past? Hmm? Mistakes come in all kinds of levels, all kinds of degrees, all kinds of shapes, forms, and sizes. Not long ago, not long ago, I was in a hurry. I was coming here to church. I had a meeting and I was running late. And Becky, Becky, Becky had not, had not put my brown pants on the coat hanger on the, the, in the closet where they were supposed to. She's 
probably hadn't ironed them. She probably hadn't washed them yet. She probably hadn't done her duty. This is all going through my mind. I'm in a hurry and I can't find my brown pants. So I come to the house. Honey, where are my brown pants? Have you ironed my brown pants? Have you washed my brown? Are they out of the... Honey, where are my brown pants? She came to the top of the stairs. This is the gospel truth. This happened. She came to the top of the stairs. She looked down at me. She said, you're wearing them. <laughs> I had to apologize and tell her I was sorry for my thoughts, uh, for my, my, my uh, foolishness, mistakes. They come in all shapes, forms. We've got blind spot mistakes, panic-prompted mistakes immature, foolish mistakes that were made when we were young. We have deeply immoral mistakes and failing sins that we've committed before God. They all represent the ashes of our past. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28, but let a man examine himself. When did Paul say that? Just before we receive what holy sacrament? Communion. When was the last time you had communion? Here at Lakeside. We're serving communion tonight. You need to be here for communion. Communion is a powerful spiritual ministry in and through your life. This will be the most unusual communion service you've ever been a part of. Tonight, we're going to enjoy no greater love that will be shared tonight in Holy... Communion is a time of miracles. A time of both inner healing and outer healing. Join us tonight, especially after preaching this Word. I want you to examine your life. I want you to perform, if you would, a self-diagnostic. Would you fill in the blank? I want you to examine your life. Are there any signs that you're holding on to ashes? The ashes of the past in your life. Uh, do you find yourself thinking and speaking regret? If I hung around with you for a, a long period of time, what, what I hear a lot of, I, I could have, would have, should have, I could have been a better parent. I could have managed my finances better. I, I, I wish I, I had gone back to school. I wish, uh, I, I, I wish I wouldn't have said that. I wish I wouldn't have done that. These are indicators of ashes, of regret. Do you know someone that, uh, who's highly critical, highly negative, highly moody? up and down. You walk on eggshells round about them. We call them high-maintenance people. That's a sure sign. Let me tell you, that's a sure sign of holding on to the ashes of the past. It's a sure sign that they are a prisoner of their past. I'll guarantee you from a counseling perspective, they have been hurt. They have been offended. They have been victimized by someone in their past. And they're taking it out on you, their co-workers, their family members, those closest to them, people that were not even involved 
in that past incident, all because they're holding on to ashes. They're prisoners of their past, harboring an unforgiving spirit towards people in your past, or unforgiveness even towards yourself. These are all sure indicators, signs, that you're holding on to ashes. You're a prisoner of your past. You're being poisoned by your past. You're, you're, you're focused on yesterday's failures. You're living in the rearview mirror of life. Write it down with me if you would. Consciously or subconsciously, choosing to hold the ashes of yesterday has serious, serious consequences. Serious consequences. Many of you that know me, that have camped out with me for years here at Lakeside, you know that I've never bought a new car in my whole life. My daddy taught me uh, to buy used cars. And uh, what's nice about buying used cars, you never get bored. <laughs> I'll tell you. For two, you just unload that thing and uh, pick up some, somebody else's burden. <laughs> I, I've never known what it's like to buy a car with that new car smell. I never have experienced the thrill of purchasing something that's mint, immaculate, again, brand new. So I've developed the art of detailing out cars and really making them restored to almost that new look. Now, a certain kind of car that I avoid like the plague, unless it's a really, 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 really good deal, is a smoker's car. Look at the expressions. I wish you could see what I'm... And my heart goes out to you. Uh, again, if you're a smoker, um, we, pray. we don't condemn you. We, we pray for you. It, it's a terrible habit. And uh, we, we have empathy. But if you have to clean up after a smoker, especially if you're detailing out a car, the worst part of that whole chore is to clean what component of the car? The ash tray. It can be the source of the worst stench in the car. It sure can. Do you know? Any living, breathing, walking, talking ashtrays in your life? People that refuse to let go of yesterday, they refuse to let go of the hurts of the past, they are determined to hold on to the ashes of life, and they stink up all of their relationships, they stink up the environment of, of their life because they're holding on to, to the ashes. If you're that kind of person, I want you to know that you, you, there, there's real consequences. Holding on the ashes of life will fill your face with wrinkles. It'll make you old before you, your time. It'll fill your calendar with all kinds of doctor's appointments. Chronic illnesses can be traced to holding on to the past. And worst of all are the spiritual consequences. The devil delights in poisoning us with our past. 
God's Word says that nothing, in Romans chapter 8, God's Word says that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 38, nothing. The devil knows that he cannot force you. He cannot pluck you from God's hand. But what he can do is immobilize you, he can paralyze you, and he can demoralize you so that you're ineffective in the work of God and that you fail at running the race of faith. How does he do this? By poisoning you with your past. Robbing you of joy of today and tomorrow all because you're reliving yesterday. You hear me with this? You're holding on to ashes. You're sitting in the ash heap of life. You're a living, walking ashtray. That's why I say let hope arise for your ashes. Let hope arise for your ashes. Pastor, pastor, boy, you, you're, you've read my mail this morning. As I examine my life, I, I, I see where I'm holding on to the ashes of the, of the past. Pastor, what do I need to do? Well, before I, I go into any profound theology or psychology, before I, I turn you to the Scriptures, let me just share with you a good old farm story. Can I do that? There was this old farmer who had an old, sick mule. This mule only had a few years of service left in him. And this mule got out of its pen. It was wandering around the farmyard. And in the middle of the night, oops, it fell down an old well. Farmer woke up the next morning. That mule was crying. That mule was uh, yelping. What, what do mules do? Honking or yarping or <laughs> muling. I don't know. But it was down at the bottom of that well and it couldn't get out. And it was so panicked. It was so afraid. That old farmer... He looked down that well and he began to figure it's going to cost a lot of money to get that old mule out of that well. And he began to figure that mule's old anyway and that well is a dry well. It hasn't been used in, in decades. I might as well kill two birds with one stone. So he invited the neighbors over and they took some shovels and they start loading that well with dirt. Piling the dirt on that donkey. They were not only going to fill up the well, they were going to bury that donkey at the same time. And all the activists would go, oh, for that old mule. And rightly so. Those neighbors and that old farmer, they're shoveling the dirt on the donkey. They're shoveling the dirt on, the, on that mule. And, and that mule, it just began screaming even louder. It, it saw its life passing before its eyes. It's, it's all over. It's, it's hopeless. And then it did a little shake. And the dirt came off its back. And it stepped up. And it shook again. 
And it stepped up. It got an idea. When the dirt was heaped on it, when the dirt was piled on it, when that filthy stuff came upon its back, it just shook and it stepped up. It shook off the dirt and it stepped up. It shook off the dirt, it stepped up. It shook off the dirt and it... It shook off the dirt and it... It shook off the dirt and... And before you know it, it climbed over the wall of that well, and they last saw it running over the horizon, chasing that old farmer, nipping at his heels. Shake off the ashes. Shake off the ashes and step up for the glory of God. That's God's will for His people. God can't give you His beauty. God can't give you His best until you decide to shake off the ashes in the name of Jesus. Stop parking at yesterday's failures. Stop looking at yesterday's past. Stop holding on to the ashes and move into what God has ordained for your life. He's given you a destiny. He's given you dreams. He's given you a glorious future. Shake off the ashes and step up for the glory of God in Christ Jesus. Can I hear an amen in the camp of Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And I've said to myself, I'll just teach this morning. If you want to shake off the ashes in your life, number one, I want you to know it's a choice. Write it down. Choose to constantly shake off any ashes that crop up in your life. In the Old Testament, the Old Testament lets us know that the ancient Israelites were commanded by God when they suffered the death of a loved one. They were to mark their face, their head, with ashes. They were to put a little pile of ashes upon their head and mark their face. But here is, here is the stipulation. They were only to grieve. They were only to mourn for a season of time and not forever. When the season of grief was over, they were to shake off the ashes, wash their face, and move on trusting the Lord. I know of a man who lost his wife over ten years ago. He wakes up every morning looking at the walls of his bedroom that are covered with the newspaper clippings of his obituary, of her obituaries, the newspaper articles about her, the memories of her. He is still mourning. He is still grieving. God has not made us emotionless. I am not against grief or mourning. We've all been there, and we will go there barring the rapture in the future. But there is a season for grief. And then for the glory of God, we're called not to live in the loss, the grief, the ashes of the past, and to move on for God's next chapter in our lives. God's best in our lives. Your grief might be the loss of a loved one. Your grief might be of shattered dreams, destroyed hopes. Your grief might be over the loss 
of years that can never be repeated. Acts, behavior that you cannot live over. I want to declare to you in the name of Jesus, the past is the past. You can't do anything about the past, but you can do something about today. You can do something about tomorrow. Amen. Stop parking by yesterday's failings, yesterday's hurts. Wake up each and every morning and recognize it's a brand new day. It's a day that God wants to do new things in my life. He wants to bring new joy, new blessings, new love, new faithfulness for His honor and glory's sake. Write it down. You can maintain an ash-free lifestyle and enjoy God's beauty by claiming God's mercies every morning. Lamentations chapter 3 says, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. Now note what verse 3 says. Read it with me. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. What's new? What's new every morning? God's mercies. God's mercies. You may, you may have made a lot of mistakes. You might have a lot of regrets in life. You might have a lot of failures on the write-up, the summary of your life. A lot of mistakes. But God hasn't run out of mercy. He makes a fresh new batch every morning. Hallelujah. Why? Because He knows we're going to use up... <laughs> yesterday's mercies that's right when you get up each morning the first thing you should do is shake off the ashes would you do that with me right now that's right would you practice shake for me right now come on really shake some of you have fallen asleep anyway come on one more one more time one good last shake come on you know, it always amazes me what you can get people to do. <laughs> That's how cults get started. <laughs> I wish you could have seen what I saw up here. Everybody, man. <laughs> and then you got the stubborn ones out there. The super... Sp I'm not doing what he's... No, I'm not going to know. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I, I had you do that, though, for a reason. I want you to remember the shaking principle of what you just did in the physical. We need to do in both the mental, the emotional, the psychological, the spiritual, on a daily basis. Shake off the regrets, the failings, the guilt, the self-condemnation, the loss, the big why question that you'll never be able to answer anyway this side of glory. Shake it off and move on in God's grace and mercy and His love and His faithfulness in your life. When I had you shake, I wasn't teaching you some new dance or some new fitness craze. Uh, I want you to shake off the disappointments. 
of yesterday. Your attitude should be, uh, uh, it's a new day, and I'm not going to drag the hurts of yesterday into this day. I'm going to start afresh. His mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. That's right. Every morning, get up and forgive the people who have hurt you. Every morning, get up and forgive yourself. Every morning, declare the promises of God, which are yes and amen through Christ Jesus your Lord. Every morning, get up and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, and I will be glad in it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shake off yesterday's disappointments and press into all that God has for you. And what does God have for you? Beauty instead of ashes. And that beauty is God's best for your life. Amen. Now, if you want to go out seeking ashes, if you're comfortable in that ashtray of your life, oh, honey, God bless you. I feel sorry for you. But as for me and my house, <laughs> we want the beauty and not the ashes. How about you? Number three, shaking off the ashes is also a matter of letting God renew your thinking and your speaking. Shaking off your ashes means right thinking. I have found that every person, every person, every person has two files in their head. Two files. One file contains all your successes, all your joys, all your accomplishments, all the good things that have come your way. The second file in your head contains the hurts, the bitterness, the regrets, the disappointments, the discouragement, the tragedy, the losses, the offenses of life. Which file do you access? on a daily basis? What do you relive each and every morning, each and every day? Which file are you digging into and performing a search? Which file are you bringing up on the screen of your life, your future, your family's life? I want you to know that if all you're doing is accessing number two, file number two, the bad things that have happened in your life, you, you, you have chosen to hold on to the ashes. If you want to shake off the ashes that God has brought, God has allowed, or you have chosen to bring into your life, if you want to shake them off in the name of Jesus, then refuse, refuse to go to file number two. And on a daily basis, I want you to relive. I want you to remember the joys of life, the accomplishments of life, your successes, your victories in Christ Jesus. I want you to rehearse the promises of God. And the greatest way to do that is not to do it just mentally, but every day in prayer. Every day in prayer. The first thing I do is praise the Lord in my prayer. And I declare that He's on the throne. Secondly, I repent. I align myself, my spirit, with God's spirit, and I repent. The third thing I do every day in prayer is I rehearse the promises of God. In prayer, 
I don't have to remind God. God doesn't have a faulty memory. I need to be reminded as I move in faith. Before I ask for anything in my life, I declare the promises of God as I open up a faith gateway in the name of Jesus. Lord, your word declares, if God is for us, who can be against us? Lord, the Bible promises that all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Lord, your word declares that though the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Lord, your word declares that the prayer of faith will save the sick. Lord, your word declares that you have given me power to get wealth, that you have made me the head and not the tail. Lord, your word declares that I am not to let my heart be troubled, to cast all of my care upon you, for you care for me. Lord, your word declares greater is he that's within me than he that's within this world. Hallelujah. Shake off the ashes. Shake off the ashes. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Shake them off. And watch what God will do as God moves you to the best that He has in store for your life. Well, write it down if you would. Living with a forgiving spirit. Keeping short accounts on people. Living with a forgiving spirit is essential to shaking off your ashes. You'd be shocked, maybe you wouldn't, how many people carrying around the ashes of how people have hurt them in the past, how people have cheated them, how people have offended them, how people, even loved ones, have betrayed them and rejected them. And since they have been cheated, since they have been hurt, since they have suffered pain, they look at their ashes that they're holding on to. They look at that person in the past and they live with the attitude, you owe me. You owe me. You robbed me of my childhood. You victimized. You abused me. You owe me. You cheated me in that business deal. You owe me. Now to compound the problem, and I've watched this over and over again, in psychology, they call it transference. They bring that sense of, you owe me, into their marriage, into their family. And that loved one has nothing to do with the hurt in the past. But the one holding on to ashes becomes a debt collector. And for instance, a husband gets angry with his wife over the least little thing because he is still moving in a spirit of, you owe me joy. You owe me happiness. I didn't get it from my father. You owe it to me. Oh, you still don't get it? I'll give you, an, I'll give you a familiar story. Okay? When that guy in real tight prissy pants walks into that arena with a red cape what kind of a scenario are we talking about there 
a bullfight. He's really not prissy whatsoever. He just wears funny pants that I wouldn't be caught wearing. <laughs> He's really pretty brave walking into that bullfight arena. And that bull has become enraged because darts have been thrown into it by others. And that bull, it charges the matador or the red cape. The red cape. It really should charge who? The matador. But the matador keeps enraging it and getting it even angrier, waving the red cape. It's misguided anger. Many of you are, are dealing with the anger of a spouse, the anger of a parent, the anger of a child, the anger of a co-worker, and you have done nothing wrong whatsoever. You're innocent. Completely innocent. But you are the victim of misguided anger. You're the, you're the victim of somebody holding on to ashes. Ashes. They are a prisoner of their past. Their past has poisoned their today and all of their tomorrows. You see how that works? Is that you? If that's you, stop dragging something that happened yesterday into your relationships today. Stop punishing your spouse, your children, your co-workers for something that happened to you years ago when you were growing up. In the name of Jesus, turn it over to God. You need healing. You need healing before you destroy another life. You need healing in the name of Jesus. Sir, ma'am, young person, if you're holding on to ashes of offense, Forgive all those who have hurt you. Only you can walk out of that emotional bondage. Nobody can do it for you. I want to remind you that forgiveness is not just for the person that hurt you. Forgiveness is for you. Your forgiveness does not condone their injustice. Your forgiveness cleanses you. Forgiveness heals you. Forgiveness frees you from the toxic poison of a hurt that might be decades in the past. Maybe you can't forget, but you can forgive. You can look back on that situation and remember with release instead of resentment. Pastor, I just can't do it. Then let Jesus do it through you. Let the one who said, Father, forgive them as He hung upon the cross. They don't know what they're doing. Let Him forgive through you. Write it down. In order to experience God's beauty in your life and shake off your ashes, you must forgive yourself. Will you forgive yourself? Countless Christians... Countless born-again, blood-washed, Bible-believing Christians wake up every morning prisoners of their past sins. Some wake up with what we would call light failings. Uh, I didn't do my devotions yesterday. Uh, I lost my cool at work. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that to my spouse. 
Uh, I didn't do my chores that I needed to do around the house. I sat down, watched TV, and then fell asleep in front of the tube again. Uh, why do I do that? Uh, I had some chocolate last night. I had some munchies. I had my good and plenty. I had my black licorice. I'm speaking this from truthfulness. This is, this is being transparent right now with you all. Why did I do that? And we wake up the next morning and we feel like we're possessed by some unclean, foul spirit. Literally. <laughs> I blew my diet. Those are normally what we would call some light failings. But some of us has some heavy-duty stuff from the past. And every morning that you wake up, old Slewfoot the devil is trying his best to get you to reiterate, recall, rehearse, and review it over and over and over again. It might have happened 20 years ago, but because you're reliving yesterday, today, your emotions rise up and it's as though you just committed that sin. And you're a born-again believer. In the name of Jesus, stop it. You are using your guilt you are reliving the past as some sort of therapeutic, psychological penance in your life. You're trying to pay. You're trying to pay. And you're trying to pay. And you're trying to pay. But you can't pay for what is done. Only Jesus has paid it all on the cross. Look to the cross. Look to the cross. It's amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Listen, God knows the worst about you. Other people don't, but God does. God knows the worst that you've ever thought, you've ever said, you've ever done. He knows all about it. And He still loves you desperately. He still loves you desperately. He looks beyond our faults and He sees our need. Would you let go of the ashes? Would you shake off the ashes? Let hope arise and begin to see Him as your Savior. Begin to see Him as your healer. Uh, begin to know that you know that you know that there's no penance here on earth. You can't pay for your sins to be washed away. Jesus did it with the blood of the Lamb of God. He did it at the cross. And every drop of His blood cried out, I love you. I forgive you. Your past is in the sea of forgetfulness to be remembered against you no more. I shall separate from you your transgressions and your sins as far as the east is from the west. How far is that? That's infinity. Will you forgive yourself? Will you forgive yourself? There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if anyone's in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. And the new is here. Stop camping out in the old. Let go of the ashes. Shake off the ashes. Move into God's new in your life. 
Paul knew all about this. You think you've done something bad. I don't think there's a person in this room that has done what Paul did. What did Paul do when he was, his name was Saul? Saul arrested Christians. Paul, think of it as Saul. He imprisoned entire Christian families. The Bible tells us that he even killed Christians as he thought he was doing his work, the work of God. You think you've got a past? What did this man, this apostle of faith, what did he write? Look, if you would, in Philippians. Paul said, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Press on! Press on! Shake it off! And press on in the name of Jesus. Will you do that? To shake off your ashes, write it down. Choose to be a victor instead of a victim. Read the book of Job. Job had the worst trials that anyone could ever imagine. But if you read the first couple of chapters, Job did not respond rightly to his losses. He didn't respond rightly to his tragedies. What did Job do? The Bible says in chapter 2, that he sat down in what kind of heap? The ash heap. And he began to say, Oh, woe is me! It would have been better that I had never been born. Woe is pity me. Everything is against me. Instead of speaking faith, he spoke despair, hopelessness. Sure. You know, people do the same thing today. Instead of shaking off life's ashes, they're just holding on. They're sitting in an ash heap of despair, discouragement, disappointment, defeat, depression. And they take on a victim mentality. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, Let us strip off anything that slows us down and holds us back, especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up. Let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. There it is. You've got to shake off the ashes. You have to shake off a victim's mentality. Get out of the, the ash heap. God has ordained for you to be a victor and not a victim in the name of Jesus. Let hope arise in your mind and in your mouth. Amen. <laughs> I want you to focus on things that are above. Set your mind on things of good report. Focus on the promises of God. Focus on the greatness of God. Stop telling God how big your problems are and start telling your problems how big your God is in the name of Jesus and watch what God can do. Your situation won't change until you put your foot down and say, I'm not going to be a prisoner of the past any longer. 
I'm going to get rid of all these ashes. I'm going to stop focusing on my disappointments. I'm going to quit dwelling on my failures and on my sins. I'm done dragging around the pain, the ashes of yesterday. I'm not going to be defined by my mistakes. I'm not going to be identified by my setbacks uh, because I am who I am because of whose I am in Christ Jesus. I'm a son of God, a child of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I'm seated in heavenly places with Him. All things are beyond, are beneath my feet in Christ Jesus. I'm on my way to, to heaven shouting glory. Start declaring. Start declaring with your mouth. I've been hurt, I've suffered loss, but I'm not going to let my sorrow determine my destiny. I'm going to keep a smile on my face. I'm going to lift my head up high. I'm going to shake off the ashes, and I'm going to step up. I'm going to be a blessing to others and not a burden. I know if God is for me, who can be against me? I'm throwing away my rearview mirror of my life. I'm going to shake off my ashes. I'm going to let hope arise in my spirit. God's on the throne and the best is yet to come hallelujah amen finally ash free living is enjoyed by putting on a garment of praise a garment of praise amen praise the lord don Waggy, are you here praise god i want i want to praise the lord at the end of this service this morning Cindy Short, I, I, want, I want to end this service in a spirit of thanksgiving, a, a spirit of praise. Does, does that resonate in your spirit this morning? I mean, how dare we, how dare we get a drumstick of turkey if we don't start thanksgiving right here, amen? There, there are so many walking around in a spirit of, of despair, a spirit of heaviness, and God wants you to put on a garment of praise. He really does. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, In everything give thanks. Not in some things, in everything give thanks. For, is this just a good thing to do? Is this just the psychological thing to do? No, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Why is it God's will? Because it will give you health. It'll give you happiness. It'll give you wholeness in your relationships. It'll allow you to shake off the ashes in the name of Jesus. Throughout the Bible, we see the importance of giving thanks unto the Lord in everything. In everything. When Israel was confronted by a problem. When Israel was confronted by the walls of Jericho. I want to ask you a question. When did they give a shout of thanks? Did they give the shout of thanks before or after the walls came down? When King Jehoshaphat of the tiny nation of Judah was invaded by three conquering armies. Far worse you think ISIS is doing bad things. Read the Bible. These were doing far, far worse than you can ever imagine. What did King Jehoshaphat do? The Bible says he prayed. He said, God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And God gave him a word. God will always give you a word in the time of trouble. And this is what Jehoshaphat did. He put the choir 
in the front lines of his troops. As he went out to battle, he had the choir singing hallelujah. And I want to ask you a question. When did they give thanks unto the Lord? Before or after the victory? Before. There you are. Jesus and his disciples were confronted with a problem. They had 5,000 hungry men and all their children and all of their wives. Scholars say there most likely were 20,000 people there. And they needed to be fed. And all that Jesus had, all the disciples had, was a little boy's lunch. And Jesus gave thanks. When did He do it? Before or after He multiplied the loaves and the fishes? Jesus, Jesus, when He raised dead Lazarus from the tomb, the Bible says that Jesus gave thanks. When did He give thanks? Before or after that man walked out of the grave. Paul and Silas, they are in the Philippian dungeon. The security jail. Their feet are locked up in stocks. I mean, it's the midnight hour, the darkest hour of their ministry, the darkest hour of their life. It's the devil's hour. I want to ask you a question. They began to sing praises. They began to sing thanksgiving. They began to pray thanksgiving unto the Lord. When did they do that? Before or after the earthquake came? What's the principle there? Thank the Lord now. Thank the Lord now. Don't wait uh, until you see the healing. Thank the Lord now. Don't wait until you see the provision in your finances. Thank the Lord now. Don't wait until everything is reconciled with your, with your situation. Thank the Lord now. Don't wait until the battle is won. Thank the Lord now. Begin to taste it. Begin to smell it. Begin to sense it. Get excited about it. <laughs> Shake off the ashes of yesterday. Rise up to what God has ordained in your life. Uh, God has ordained healing, victory, miracles, blessing, favor, prosperity. This is God's will for His people. Get excited about the new you, the new day that God wants to bring into your life. Taste and see that the Lord, He is good. Hallelujah. Do you see it there? Do you see it there? I'll go ahead, and if you want to live with the ashes and be a living, breathing, walking ashtray and say, yeah, God hasn't done anything for me lately, hasn't done anything in the past, He's probably not going to do it. If you want to live that way, go ahead. As for me and my house, we're going to shake off the ashes. <laughs> we're going to shake off the ashes. This is God's will for His people. Cindy comes this morning. Did you hear the news report that came out of Florida recently? Little boy came home from school. And lucky for him, it wasn't a November day in Michigan, but it was a fall day in central hot Florida. And it had been especially hot and humid day. And the first thing that he did was jump out of his clothes when he came home from school, put on his swimming trunks, and dive into the lake that was behind his home, small lake they had behind his house. And as he went swimming out to the center of that small lake, his mom, who he hadn't greeted yet, just walked into the kitchen and looked out the window and noted 
her boys swimming into the middle of the lake. At the same time, she saw something else swimming into the middle of the lake to meet him. And it wasn't no swimming log. It was a, a gator and a big one. She peeled out that kitchen door, ran frantically into the yard, screaming, screaming her boy's name. Gator! Gator! Swim for your life! And he did a U-turn when he heard his mom scream. And he swam like he'd never swam before. And she met him there at the shore and grabbed his, his arms. But at the same moment, the gator grabbed his legs and hunkered down. But let me tell you, when a mommy has got a hold of her son's hands, her son's arms, she ain't going to let go. That gator ran into a she-bear of a mommy. And a tug of war took place between the gator and that mummy. And I'll tell you, an adrenaline flowed through that mom. She dug her hands, her fingernails, into the arms, the flesh of her son and yanked him out of the jaws of that gator. Lacerated, eviscerated, that boy struggled for weeks in the hospital, written up all the newspapers. News reporter, news reporter came in to interview the boy after recovery and asked to see his scars on his legs. And they were huge. They would last a lifetime. Where the gator had hunkered down into the flesh of his legs. But that's not what the boy wanted to show the news reporter. The boy rolled up his sleeves and said, these are the scars I want to show you. Here were the scars from his mom's fingernails that had dug into his arms. He said, you see these? The doctors say I'll have these for life. And I'm proud of these scars. These scars tell me my mommy loves me. And she's never going to let go. She's never going to let go. She's never going to let go. Hallelujah. Sir, ma'am, young person, I don't know what's gone down in your past. I don't know what's gone down in your past. I, all you know about my life and I've got some regrets, but I've chosen to shake off the ashes. And I've chosen to stand upon the Word of God which says that our God can restore that which the canker worm hath devoured. My Bible and your Bible says that God can turn that which was intended for evil and turn it to the good. I have chosen to look back on my ashes, to look back upon my scars, 
as the fact that God will never leave me. God will never forsake me. (laughs) I've chosen to look at His redemption, His grace, His love, His restoration. I've chosen to turn my scars, my ashes, into a testimony. I've chosen to say, look what my Lord has done for me. He's saved me. He's healed me. He's filled me with His Holy Ghost. And Lord, I just want to shout thanksgiving unto Thee. How about it? Fill in the last blank this morning. God's still in the business of turning evil into good. Shake off your ashes and let the scars of your past become your testimony of His love. Would you do that? We all want to enjoy God's best for our lives. But the question is this. Will you shake off the ashes so that God can bring the beauty? Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, come, sweet Holy Spirit. Come, sweet heavenly dove. In the name of Jesus, come to restore. Come to heal. Lord, Satan has hunkered down upon us. He's tried to destroy our, 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 our families. He's tried to destroy our future. He's tried to destroy our marriage. He's tried to destroy our lives. But Lord, your love won't let us go. And your love is here this morning to change us and to rearrange us. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed here this morning. And I want to give you a special invitation. I'm not asking you to join this church, though I would love that. That's not the point. What I am asking is this. Isn't it time? Isn't it time? Isn't it time you tried Jesus? You've been hanging out of the ashes for so long. Isn't it time that you really know the Savior of your soul? I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to pray a prayer of salvation. It's a prayer that can change you. It'll give you a new life. It'll give you a new future. It'll give you a new home in heaven. Would you like to be included in this prayer? If you would like to be included in the prayer, I'm about to pray. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you would like to be right before God and know that you have a home in heaven, if you'd like to be included in this prayer, just lift up your hand right now in the name of Jesus. Lift it up wherever you're at. This is a sign of your faith. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. Yes. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many more? How many more? Lift it up high so that I can see it. I want to include you. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Yes, God bless you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes, God bless you. Young person, God bless you. Yes. Amen. Seven hands lifted up to Jesus. Heaven sees these hands. How many more? 
Precious Jesus, we just take a moment. Eight hands, God bless you in the back. I see that hand, dear lady, God bless you. Keep those hands up. Everyone pray this prayer with me. Especially you that have lifted up your hands. I want you to own this prayer. Put your heart into it. Are you ready? Dear Jesus, I come to you right now holding ashes, hurts, fears, regrets, mistakes, failings, sins of my past. I confess, Jesus, I am a sinner, but I declare you're my Savior, Jesus. Save me from my sins. Save me from the poison of the past. I believe you died for me. You paid the price. I believe you rose from the dead with resurrection life. I want that life, Jesus. A new life. A changed life. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing me, for changing me, for giving me a home in heaven. I thank you, Jesus, that I am saved. I believe it, and I receive it. And everyone would say, Amen.